Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Daily Podcast. My name is Chris, a.k.a. Necronominoms. Joining us, as always, is my co-host, Beck. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing great, Beck. How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm pretty recovered from COVID. I just have, like, a lingering cough, but outside of that, I'm better. How about you? I'm doing all right. Um, Pretty hot outside. That's been the highlight for our week. Um, I went and played yeah. basketball with my little sister yesterday, and I nearly died. <laughs> Did she beat you because she's better at basketball and everything, and the heat got to you? You know, we didn't actually pay, play basketball. Uh, <laughs> uh, it turns out we all just suck. So, like, we tried playing horse, and uh-huh. uh, after that, we, like, played against each other a little bit, and then we went home. Wasn't much actual basketball going on. It turns out we just aren't very good at it. <laughs> That's fair. I, I'm terrible at it, so I get it. Yeah. So, uh, first thing we were going to talk about today, uh, as we usually do, was games we played. Uh, what makes that special is last week was Next Fest, and boy, howdy, did we play some games. Yeah, these Next Fests are always full of great, like, new upcoming games, which is probably one of my favorite things to cover is upcoming like indie games so and we and we both played a decent amount of them yeah we did um do you want to go ahead and start off with one yeah sure we can like swap off with these yeah uh, sounds the good first, the first one i played was one called Anchorfoot. uh it's like a first person shooter with kicking <laughs> which sounds weird uh it, it gives off like have you ever heard of hotline miami uh yeah, um, or that that game had like the whole swaying things and like was very like kind of colorful and bloody. It's it very similar to that, I would say, but first person. Like you'll like kick open a door, shoot a person, throw throw a gun at a guy, kick another one. Like you're kicked like one shots people practically. It, very very similar to that. I, I liked it. Uh, the theming of it isn't exactly for me, but it's really cool. Whatever. Uh, yeah yeah. I was gonna say the throwing guns thing also kind of reminds me of Super Hot. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Super Hot does it like really well. Where this game is just like kind of loose with it, because um, you you don't like reload ever, from what I understand. Like if you're shooting the pistol, you have like six shots or eight, and then you can like throw it, and then like pick up another pistol and shoot that one. Um, you can even do full runs where you just kick people, which I imagine would be you just kind of getting around a corner and kicking them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What what I would say though is it's good at the very least it's good, uh, you, like the like dying is is like the the time to kill I guess is kind of like a Call of Duty health bar where like you know you can take some hits and you can kind of regenerate off to the side it doesn't actually have like a representation of health, uh, but when you do die though the enemies just start like dancing on you, which is really intimidating like it almost made me angry <laughs> i was just like that man just shot me and he just started like dugging on me <laughs> so the most annoying part of like multiplayer they just threw that into yeah like player experience. all the enemies just start like dancing and i'm just like okay well i'm gonna go- i'm now determined to kill them <laughs> it's like if halo whenever they killed you in halo the um aliens just came just teabag on you you just yeah. get like a little uh what are they call grunts? Yeah. The little ones just come teabag you. Yeah, I mean they already do swear at you a lot, so that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, that's Angerfoot. What's your game? Uh, I'd say the very first one I played was um, Necrosmith. Okay. Uh, we talked a little bit of a, a bit about it because uh, you had actually played it. Turns out, like a lot of these Next Fest games that we have played, didn't necessarily start off uh, the demo in Next Fest, but they were featured during Next Fest. So that's a bit of a distinction to make. Uh, Necrosmith was one of those games that was featured, and um, I played through it a bit. It was pretty fun. Um, the way the Necrosmith works is it's a sort of top-down kind of strategy type deal. Uh, you build your units uh, using your different body parts that you collect. Uh, the body parts include head, uh, arms, legs, and torso. And you get different types of body parts. You might get like a skeleton body part or a zombie body part. You get like uh, mantises, um, robots, stuff like that. Uh, and each one comes with its own stats that you build into an overall character that has its own unique stats and skills based on whatever parts you gave them. Uh, once you release those creatures, um, you have to spend mana as a resource to create them. Uh, once you release them, they kind of go off on their own, sort of like an auto battler type deal where they just go in a random direction or wherever they feel like something is closest usually uh, and start fighting. Anytime they get near something, they just start shooting or attacking however they do it. Um there are little things uh, like buildings around the map to uh, capture. Your units will go around and capture them as they find them. These buildings will offer more to your upkeep. Usually they'll give you things like more mana every day or like more body parts every day, stuff like that. Uh, main objective is usually to kill the enemy castle. It looks like uh, I will say I did not uh, ever actually kill a cat. I didn't even find the castle. So I don't know yeah, if that I, was on me or <laughs> I don't even know if you can find the main castle. I know there are castles around that are like kind of bigger. If I can recall this, I played it about a month ago and it, by the time you can like really get a unit because because you can I don't know if you mentioned that you could kind of control one singular unit if you'd like. Yes, uh, that's correct. You, I didn't mention that you, yet. You could kind of go out and explore with that by the time you really find one. You're kind of already getting maybe overwhelmed by like enemy units trying to go towards your castle, and so you either need to send that one unit you're controlling back, or just try to make one real quick to control on your own. Because the enemies will kind of your enemies. I mean, your units will mindlessly just like walk into things even if they're ranged, which kind of sucks a little. Um, and then like making these really big units uh, is expensive. So if you want to use like the mantis arms or like a cyborg arm, like it gets really expensive and hard to afford with your mana. Uh, but yeah, I found like some castles around and I think I destroyed one. I can't remember, but yeah, I was pretty, pretty overwhelmed by the time that happened. So yeah, yeah, perfectly understandable. You didn't really get to any one, any of them more like that was even a main castle to me. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, aside from that, uh, it has an overarching thing where every time you lose, you gain some gold that you can spend at a shop. And the shop yeah. gives you upgrades for future games that you play. Um, yeah. Yeah. I will say one thing I liked about the game is a little, whenever you, not, not liked, but like kind of the, the answer to some things was that like whenever your units like killed stuff, it just left a resource on the ground, like mana and I think money. You, you had to send out like your cat, which had like a big book on it that would automatically just like go and pick up stuff around the battlefield. 
which was kind of cool. Yeah, that is very helpful. You have another spell as well that is um, like a lightning bolt that you can use every now and then. Oh, yeah, that thing slapped. Um, the only other improvement I would see is I would like to see, if not the ability to control multiple units at once, then at least be able to give your units prioritizations, right? So like, be like, okay, I want you to, while you're moving, prioritize capturing buildings for example because that was one big thing where i noticed that a lot of times my units would be like right next to a thing that they could capture but then an enemy would appear and they would just start going the opposite way immediately rather than finish what they were doing um and that kind of sucks because that usually ends up because enemies are constantly spawning it's very unlikely that they will be able to capture a point later on in the game on their own uh because they're going to end up finding another enemy and just going all the way away from it. Uh, That's the only thing that like stands out to me as something that could improve the game, because it seems like the goal is not to give you that much control. Uh, I imagine it would be much easier with that control, but I don't think that's too much control to say, like even just only one checkbox, right? Just say, I want this unit to prioritize uh, buildings, or I want this unit to prioritize enemies or prioritize exploration. And then that's the only tick box you get where it's like, it doesn't necessarily preclude them from doing the other things, but they're going to place a uh, broader prioritization on that. Yeah, that that sounds good. I, I think maybe probably there are like maybe spells later they probably have to like push enemy, not enemies, units towards things. Right. I know whenever... I saw my units go and like kill something and then they were near castle. I would just kind of micromanage them um, and just like control them for a second, make sure they go and go towards that thing. I got pretty good at like micromanaging like two ranged units at once where I would just like pull one back really far, have it shooting. And then if if I saw one start to get close to an enemy, I'd pull that one back. But obviously the one I stopped controlling would just start mindlessly moving into a crowd and dying. It's uh. It was kind of tedious. So yeah, the, definitely those improvements where you just like give me an ability that just says units stay here or unit go prioritize something like you said. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely a really fun game, especially for just like a way to kill time. Uh, it's one of those games that you can just have off to the side while you're doing whatever you're doing. Uh, I feel like it kind of feels that way. I didn't feel that way. I'm like, I felt like I got a constantly controlling something. Did you ever, did you find any like the anti-control towers ever? Yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Where you just, you can't like grab that unit and use it. You just had to hope it didn't die while trying to take a tower. Like I I always felt like I was in a rush for time and I had to be controlling my unit to be like doing something while my other units went off and died, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. It feels like usually in those games, like, once you get a bit more trained up and stuff, you can develop this sort of economy where you uh, are able to kind of leave it and not worry about it as much for a longer fraction of time, I'd say. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, just, like, I could I be wrong. I constantly be playing to like, because I just get overwhelmed. I absolutely so did as well. That's what, like, I, I did say that I didn't like win the demo because. I didn't either. Maybe you can't. Maybe you just can only go as far as you can, or maybe you never do, but I just, yeah. 
Yeah. Felt like if I wasn't like trying to do something with one with one of my units like that I was controlling, I was wasting time. Yeah. But yeah. That that's Necrosmith, right? <laughs> that's Necrosmith. We can move on. You can go ahead and uh give us one of your games. Uh the next one I did was Domekeeper, which it kind of gave me anxiety. Normally games don't do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this one this one did. So it, you you're you have like your little dome and you have like a laser on it where you can like shoot uh, these enemies that are got like that come in waves like there's time between waves and you use this laser and you, you kind of rotate it on this like half circle axis of the dome uh and the reason it gave me anxiety is because between those waves you get to go and dig down you, you have like this mining like thingy and you go you dig and you find resources and then you got to bring them up and the waves will come at some time between that. And you don't actually know till you get like a little upgrade to tell you when the next wave is going to come, which gives me anxiety. Cause then you come back up and you have these monsters just like, like savagely like beating on your dome. And it's kind of just scary how they talk because they're like these big, like dark blobs of enemies. <laughs> it's, it, it was just kind of scary in a way. And it, it's a pixel game. So it shouldn't be that scary, but like, it just made me anxious. Uh, I did like it. I will say that it just was a little rough <laughs> and that there is some like roguelike, like random upgrades you can get while, while you're digging, you might find these, like, I think they're like little squares that you can bring up and then it'll be like, oh, okay, pick your met, your little upgrade, your roguelike upgrade. Uh, yeah, it, it's a cool game. Like conceptually, it's just like your own little defense slash digging game where you're trying to manage your time. Well, essentially. It just made me anxious because of like the whole time management aspect of it. Like I felt like you got to be like constantly digging while while there's downtime, and then trying to manage your time of bringing stuff up because you could overload yourself and slow yourself down. Like if you grabbed like a too few too many resources, you would slow down too much. But if you grabbed way too much, you just wouldn't move. So you you have to manage that and be like, okay, I'm just gonna leave these resources here while I run up and try to fight the next wave and your laser would move really slow on the pivot. So you're just like, well, a monster's like beating on your dome. You're like, got to get it over there. Got to get it over. <laughs> I mean, that sounds stressful. <laughs> it was like, if you look at the game, you're gonna be like, this kind of looks kind of cute, but it is dark and scary kind of. And the point I lost was like, there's these little guys, like little tiny enemies. Like, there's like normal mediums of enemies, but there's little tiny ones that come in like big groupings. And I was like, these guys will never kill me. My laser's just annihilating them. Well, whenever they send like 50 of them the, the, from both sides, I, I immediately like got murdered. Oof. All right. But yeah, that, that game's, I liked it. Definitely recommend that one. Okay, awesome. Um, I can talk. Um, I'm going in order here. The second game that I played. Oh, yeah. So I got to play metal hellsinger um that was one that i was very excited to play uh i think this one actually went on uh the demo was actually available just before next fest started but um was really looking forward to trying that game and it did not disappoint i loved that game uh very excited for that game to see more of it uh it was I just it definitely exceeded my expectations and like what I was looking for, because I I personally one of the things that I'm most excited when I'm playing a game like Doom, for example, 
I play that game because of the like adrenaline adrenaline rush you get whenever like a fight starts and then the music kicks in and you're just t- ripping and tearing. You're just going through enemies. Uh, and that's exactly what Metal Hellsinger does, but with the focus on the music. Um, it's still a rhythm game. It is both a rhythm game and a like Doom-ish shooter game, like FPS. Uh, and that is incredibly stressful, but it's also very... It gives that uh, kick of adrenaline you're looking for in that type of game. Uh, the extra, the oomph of like having that type of combat mixed with also uh, frantically trying to keep pace with the music. Yeah, did you explain how it's a rhythm game? Uh, right. So uh, it is a rhythm game. Uh, it's a game that focuses on the music. So they even have like uh, whenever the music comes in, uh, credits for the music on the top left. Um, so whenever you get to a combat place where you know fight starts it's very similar to doom in the sense of like there's not usually just constantly enemies it's just you'll go to a next room and then here's the enemy spawning uh whenever that starts the music starts to kick uh kick up a notch and then uh you'll have the um these uh rhythm lines coming in on your reticle uh your goal is to attack with whatever weapon you're using uh on beat with uh the rhythm of the game uh, with, with the rhythm of the music. If you don't attack uh, on beat, if you miss it, then you misfire or you you just don't do damage, whatever. You do uh, less damage. Yeah, you do, you do less damage. Um, whenever you... Yeah. Uh, whenever you uh, do hit on the beat, you deal good damage. Uh, it also brings up your meter... Um, the same way that most rhythm games have some sort of meter for consecutive um, uh, accomplished hits, uh, that game has it, and what it rewards you with is higher scores, and also uh, it does reward you by giving you more of the music. Uh, as the meter ramps up, the music uh, kicks up as well. Uh, you get the vocals in the music once it hits the 16x, so it goes like 2x, 4x, 8x, and then 16, I believe. Um, it just very much from a, like a, just how it makes you feel standpoint gave me that exact feeling I get when I'm playing doom, but then it even gave me more of that because it's the extra added stress of having to maintain that rhythm while you're also getting attacked from all sides by different demons. You're trying to dodge. You have to dodge on beat as well. You don't, you don't just do that. You would dodge on beat as well to, be able to continue attacking as well because it kind of uh you can dodge off of beat i believe but it uh causes you to like have problems firing on the next beat from what i noticed um, what else do you have to do on beat you have to reload on beat as well yes <laughs> and, and execute on beat <laughs> and execute on beat every button <laughs> pretty much everything outside of just regular movement you have to do on beat um uh but executing is also what gets you health too which is why that's important um it really culminated in the boss fight for me because it was everything i just said but like really crazy stuff like i actually almost died completely you get like um second chances basically you have two extra lives each time yeah, you like a- 
point loss or something. Yeah, you take like a half point point loss or something like that. I can't remember. Like you, you lose half your points or something like that. You have to pay your points. So which means you're obviously not going to be getting a high score or anything, but you'll continue with the game. Um, I don't know what else to say. Like it was just amazing music. Uh, and it really does give you that same feeling. Uh, I would say I also enjoyed the the narrative for it too. Um, so far from what they show in the demo, I think that with games like this, uh, where it's about like hell and killing demons and stuff, there's uh, a few different ways you can go. You can either have like a really edgy like story, um, where like you know dark past fighting killer person has to kill a bunch of demons or you get um you can go more of a comedic route where everything's just kind of like silly and funny and stuff uh they didn't really do either of those things they had like a cool uh the first weapon you get is actually also the narrator <laughs> yeah it's like a, it's like a skull it's yeah just like a yeah and uh the narrator is in like an old timey like a like a western cowboy voice like a like, uh, it happened a long time ago, partner, and I'm here mm-hmm. to tell you about it. Like, that kind of thing. Uh, it gave it, like, a really folksy vibe that really actually worked kind of well with all the heavy metal. <laughs> Absolutely. I liked it. Uh, I also I liked the, the weapon itself, because that weapon, outside of combat, you could keep your multiplier if you just shot it on beat while you were moving. You know, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> It tells you that as soon as you pick up the weapon, it's just like this is the one I think only weapon that you can shoot out of combat to keep your multiplier. That is good to know. All right. Well, I was playing <laughs> like, on like hard mode. I guess so. I personally am not good at rhythm games myself, and I can't do them. I just don't see or hear rhythm properly at all. And I still thought I, I enjoyed the doom aspect of the game where you're just like ripping and tearing, but like I end up focusing too hard on trying to do the rhythm stuff this is this is a me thing this is a problem with me <laughs> and like because like i've played crypt of the necro dancer i just focus focus on the rhythm too much even though i could literally see how to play the game perfectly i just like can't play these games right and i'm i'm fairly good at it, single player shooters and i still couldn't do this one too well like, i could get to the boss but i just would not die because i was just not shooting on rhythm or executing on rhythm or dashing on rhythm and <laughs> just it got me killed too much i can't play these but i will say the game like you said is really good it's excellent yeah and i mean it's fair to if it's not like your kind of game or if it's a game that you sometimes have trouble I with i want it to be my type of game yeah no can't uh, rhythm can't do it yeah some people it's just they have their games like i'm not great at rhythm games um like i said on the boss i almost died completely i died twice uh, and then I almost died that third time. It was like very close. I was blinking red, uh, life flashing before my eyes. I just barely got it. Um, uh, I do okay enough to where it's enjoyable for me. So uh, that's why it worked out for me. I think that it's not for everyone. There are other games that are just Doom-like games or just Doom itself if that if like rhythm games don't work. So it's okay if you don't like rhythm games. But... I think that when it comes to this game, it looks like from the demo, at least, that they are executing what they were going for very well. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's enough of that. Uh, what's your next one? I didn't know if Battle Hellsinger was the next one on my list, too. <laughs> well, that's awkward. 
Well, the next one is also one we played together, which was Rip Out. Is that what it's called? Uh, yes, Rip Out. Yeah, Rip Out. It's a like first person shooter. Very, it's got like Dead Space slash GTFO vibes. Uh, multiplayer, so that's that's something. Uh, its main like attraction, I guess, is that it had these little uh bugs, these attachment bugs that would go and latch on to enemies and give them like an upgrade. So there was like three different ones. There's a melee one, which would like be a claw that like came out, a shooty one that shot like a goofy laser with a sound effect. Oh man. And then a just an overshield. And it could attach there's these little doggos it could attach to and these like bigger like crab like ergot like enemies from League of Legends that would just like grab grab onto them. And what was really cool about that is you could aim and shoot those arms off if they got like that upgrade. And then you could actually send out your little like robotic bug to go and pick them up and bring them to you and you would get that same exact upgrade for you. Which was, I think, really cool design-wise. And they, they would have ammo to them, too. So they're, they're not, like, permanent upgrade. And then it had, like, little roguelike upgrades, I think, between little stages. Like, not stages, but rooms. And you could be like, oh, I just want to have what my little arm upgrades to do more damage type of thing. Or, any, I guess, anything, really. And um, I don't know what else to say about that game. We did finish a run of it uh there's what i think three or four different main weapons i think maybe three shotgun sniper and like an assault rifle yeah um it wasn't bad i think what's hard for us to make any judgments on it is that it was a game demo it was a very early like what did it say it was alpha or pre-alpha uh, let me look right now. It did. We we're just saying it fell early. <laughs> all we're trying to say. Yeah, I think I think it was. Um, I was pretty sure it was pre-alpha, but I could be remembering it wrong. Twenty twenty two release date. I mean, they got. Hmm, that's gonna be interesting. Um, but it was a very early build, and um, so there were there were things that were kind of weird like for me it felt like the movement was very slow like your character just walked very slow and ran very slow stiff uh yeah very stiff um so that was weird but like the concepts in the game were very interesting um it is dead is like you said dead space vibes the gtfo portion is more just that it's a co-op shooter i do wonder how uh hard it will be because gtfo is known for being more of a tactical co-op kind of thing where you really have to like plan things out and work together in that way so i'm wondering if it'll lean more towards like an action co-op shooter or like a tactical co-op shooter in that way yeah exactly i think if the, if they can just do like a faster paced gtfo where there's like you still got to tactically go through a room as a group and just but just faster and less reliant on like maybe horror yeah um that that'd be fine uh yeah yeah <laughs> that that would be good um personally for me i don't like the gory like guts everywhere horror it's kind of why i don't like gtfo like the theming of it just kind of makes me like not happy it does not spark joy <laughs> uh <laughs> but the, like if it's like faster paced like kind of like doom where it's just like you're just ripping and tearing and going from enemy to enemy 
I can I'm fine with it. And I think this game differentiates itself enough. Like like your main primary gun, whether it's a sniper shotgun or assault rifle, is like kind of like a creature itself. Like when it reloads, it has like these little claws that like kind of move all about while you're reloading. That's kind of goofy and funny. I like that. And your little companion that picks up monsters is. I think that differentiates itself enough that it, it can maybe stand out as something. But yeah, it, it did feel a little clunky. So ho hopefully, it feels a little better whenever it comes out. Maybe just make the the, the movement less stiff. And maybe dive, make sure there's diversified like upgrades and stuff. Yeah, I think that's one of the things. It's kind of hard to tell if that's like intentional or it's more of a just how early in development it is. It felt like the movement stuff was more just like it being in very early development than a choice. So uh, yeah. as long as yeah. <laughs> actually, now that I remember, we we noticed that like whenever you crouch. Uh, on your own screen, it looks pretty natural. Oh, no, no, it does. It doesn't look natural. Like on your own screen, it was just very fast, like almost like motion sickness fast. But like whenever you're seeing someone else crouch, it was normal. Like it just looked like someone, all the frames just completely crouched. If you remember that, yeah, it was the the camera. Like it felt like it just switched from like camera position up to camera position down instantly without there being any time in between. But yeah, like on other people's fast. screens, it looked fine. Mm -hmm. So we that that felt like just early access. Like they just forgot to put the the animation in or something on your own screen. It was, it almost made me motion sick how fast it went. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and you said the one gun had goofy sound effects. Yeah, the um, whenever you throw your bug and you get a laser for it, that laser just it sounded like a sound effect from the '90s. Like it sounded like something you would hear in a '90s shooter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, if the game just gets polished and I guess just more finished, like, like even the upgrades, like the random like roguelike upgrades we would get between stages, it was just like bug upgrade, like bug, I'm like your pet, your little monster attachment upgrade, another of the same exact one and another one, but a higher rarity and we assume would be better or stronger. And it didn't feel like I had a choice at all between any of them. Yeah, that one was a bit awkward. Yeah, and like even the other ones didn't felt too diversified. Like, I, and then even with the guns, I noticed that like the shotgun felt bad to me. The assault rifle felt fine, but the sniper just felt like a better version of all of them. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to say on Rip Out. I just hope it gets better as time comes on goes along. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can. Uh... Next one for me, I played uh, Aces and Adventures. Um, Aces and Adventures is like sort of a RPG. It uses uh, playing cards. Uh, so it has like two different sets of cards you use. You have, uh, they're all in the same deck, but it's like you have your playing cards, which are basically like you either play them for basic attacks or as a resource. Uh, and then you have... Uh, class cards depending on what class you're playing there's like warrior there's enchantress there's hunter mage and another one rogue um but uh they have class cards that are the things that you can spend your other cards on or sometimes they're free just depending on what they do um the way it works is there's a story deck that right now as of the demo was 
um, like a set story, but it sounds like they're trying to go for a randomized story where you could just pull from the story deck and it'll be a different thing each time. Uh, but right now it's a set story uh, in the demo. Uh, you pull from the deck. It says, here's a thing that's happening. Sometimes it'll just be like a choice you make, like go this way or this way. Sometimes it'll be enemies and then you have to fight the enemies. Um, then you can, like I said, you can do uh, play basic playing cards to do an attack, which means that you can either do like a single card and then you just have to have a higher card than them for their defense. Uh, you could do like a pair um, or uh, three of a kind or like a poker hand. So you can have like a straight, for example, and that does like some of the most damage. Um, damage that is dealt is based on how many cards you played if you won the fight. So if you have like one card and it, yours is an ace and theirs is a two, you win that fight and you deal one damage. Um, there's not much else to say aside from that. I did play through all the classes available, which were the warrior, rogue, and mage. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was pretty fun. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if they make it like a randomized story deck. My only hangup was the beginning of the game because... It did not have in the main menus like labels on anything. So you just kind of had to click around until you found out where you're supposed to go. It was oh, just dang. like. What's that? Oh, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, it kind of just had you like, OK, here's three tables. The tables don't seem to have anything like I think the ones on the left and right had something on them. And then there was one in the center. You had to click the one in the center. Uh, and then after that, it was like, okay, here's some cards. And you just picked a card, like a deck. And then it just started from there. Uh, there was no explanation of what you were doing until you actually got into the game, which is sort of a minor thing because you can't just click around and figure it out. But I do get annoyed by that a lot of times. Um, I don't like having to figure out how to get to the game. Like just, just highlight something for me. Just be like, click here or like whatever. Um, that was the only thing that was like sort of bothersome, but it was fine. Uh, I I enjoyed it mostly. Yeah, conceptually, this game looks pretty cool. I, I like the idea of like cards kind of randomizing your adventure. I don't know if you've ever played the game called Hand of Fate. Uh, it's kind of got a similar idea where you're like have a deck of cards and it lays it out, and you're kind of going on an adventure by just going on those cards type of thing. Hand of yeah. Fate's like an action game. I have another game that's similar that I'll talk about later then because uh, I played another game that was also just a card RPG. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of this one. I did not play this one. Yeah. Uh, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go over Terra Neil next. I'm going to save my favorite ones for last. Uh, so Terra Neil, I'm actually just going to read it off of the Steam description. Terra Nil is a reverse city builder about ecosystem reconstruction. You turn a barren wasteland into an ecological ecological paradise complete with different flora and fauna and then clean it up, leaving the environment pristine. Uh, you're kind of subverting the building genre, and Terra Nil is about restoring of a ravaged environment. So the general idea is, is that where you have an environment that's kind of all barren and wasteland-like, and then you're trying to place these little nodes on squares to like restore it but in a very like correct way i guess if that makes sense because like you're doing like a like a wash of like rain 
in like a, a few different directions that you can alternate between. And then you're placing down another node near it to say plant some seeds and it'll put out some like grass and uh, plants and stuff. And then from there, you can place another node that'll be like, oh, I can put some bees here or sprout a forest from this like singular tree. And you're trying to like, in a smart way, go about the like little map that you have to restore the area. And I don't know if it was just for the demo or this is just how it always plays out, but like you'll unlock little portions or different tiers of like building to uh, progress, I guess, the area. So it'll be like, here's your little planting things that kind of start you out. Then here's your things that are more complicated, like the forest or flower growth, or even like making a little like river side area into a like marsh. And then the next tier of it will be, I think you can actually burn what you've grown to make, I forget what it was, but you're like, you're trying to turn it to, to ash so that you can grow another thing over because there's certain things in real life that can only grow on a like burned like area. Um, and then the final stage of it, you're just trying to clean up all these like little buildings that you placed to plant all this stuff. And that's a whole kind of strategy portion of it where you're, you're trying to uh, strategically plan out how you're placing all these things. Um, the game's very chill, actually, and almost like an ASMR where you're just kind of relaxing and kind of methodically get through it. I, and I love the idea of it where you're just kind of trying to clean up the environment in a smart way and cleaning up the mess that you've created through cleaning it up. I mean, that sounds really fun. Um, I have to admit, when it comes to those kinds of games, like the um, like city-building-ish, god-sim-ish kind of games, uh, I like them on paper, but then I start playing them, and I'll play them for like an hour or so, and then just never play them again. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, that, that's maybe kind of how this game will be. Like, I think some people just play it, just be like, oh, this is relaxing, and be like... I got my hours worth or whatever of like yeah the relaxation out of it because I I, I kind of feel the same way. It's how I feel about like four X strategy games where on paper I'm like that's cool you're doing like a civilization and then I play it I'm like ah this is awful I hate this, this isn't for me. I have to admit yeah. even um like four X games I'll come back to like I will just re-download Civ Six and just uh be like you know oh I thought of something for this Civ and then I'll try it. I hate it so much. <laughs> It, I'd rather play a Warcraft 3 or a StarCraft over those games any day. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I get it. But, uh, but yeah, Terra Neil, I, I recommend it if you're just looking for like a relaxing thing to like try. Because um, it's, it's like it said, it's kind of doing the reverse of what you would normally do. Like instead of trying to establish a civilization and like chop down all the forest, you're trying to regrow it actually. And it's got a good message. Because um, like whenever you actually beat it, it actually like zooms out and shows you're only on like a little plot of a, like a kind of desecrated planet. And it was just like, Oh, okay. I see you. Ah, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that is really cool though. I do like that as a message uh, for yeah, that kind oh, of game. Oh. That's what I was you're starting out by placing windmills first. And that's how you kind of power your initial like water spray and your foliage placer okay. type of thing. I, I know at one point in the game, whenever I did the whole fire thing, to, to like place like a forest over it or whatever, I like burned so much of the land that I built up, I was like, I was like, my mouth was like gape because I was just like, oh dear, I oh dear, oh my, <laughs> I've lit everything on fire. Oh no, <laughs> but yeah, good, great message. I love the cleanup of it, it looks pretty. I, I like it. Okay, um, 
This one for me, I'll keep this one short because honestly, there wasn't much to talk about with this one. Uh, there's a game called Tyrant's Blessing. Uh, this was a tactic style RPG. Um, the only thing that was significant about it for me was uh, there were two main things about combat, which was uh, the first one was this thing called void energy, which what void energy meant was whenever you defeat an opponent, uh, like they're all pretty much undead opponents. Uh, the main big bad guy is like a necromancer. Uh the opponents would have there would be like this uh, void energy counter on the top of the screen and whenever you would defeat an opponent and the round would end the opponent would come back to life uh for each tick of the uh counter was one more like life that they had basically so you had to defeat each opponent enough times that their uh void energy ran out and then um after that defeat them again to finally finish the combat uh, that was pretty interesting, I guess. Um, they do keep the health of the enemies down. They basically, instead of having like full on, uh, like health, they have these little pips where like each hit will do X amount of like pips to their damage, basically to their health. Um, so that way it's not like, oh, I have to deal a hundred damage to this enemy and then they just resurrect. So it's a little different from that. It looks like, uh, Game look, looks cute. It almost looks like they're trying to go for like a Final Fantasy Tactics, but more simplified with the like, the health. Yeah, but, and that resurrection thing—that's crazy. That would annoy me. Yeah, on it sounds annoying on paper. It worked just fine on uh, in practice. Uh, okay. The other the other unique thing about it was uh, there's these things called shades. So basically, the way that you do combat as the player is you do normal tactics combat. You just point your person at the person and then shoot the thing. And then it deals a damage in that place. Uh, how they do damage the enemies, they on their turn on their next turn, they indicate the location they are going to attack, which is usually just where your character is. Uh, then you have to get out of the way of that attack. But if you just regular move, then you leave behind what's called a shade. Uh, if the next turn comes around and your shade is there in that spot, then your character still takes the damage from that attack. Uh, this pairs along with how a lot of the combat works, which is that there's a lot of movement-based combat in the game. So a lot of your characters will have uh, just like an attack that will move someone to the side. So what that does in practice is say that your uh, your character's shade is in a spot and you send another character to move the enemy to the next square. That also moves the uh, enemy's attack proportionally to the next square, uh, which would move it out of the way of hitting the shade. So it's a lot of movement-based combat in that way uh, where... And it's also weird because a lot of times you're not planning on the opponent's current turn or like very next turn. You're planning on the turn after that kind of. Uh, I thought that was interesting because I don't see many other games that do that. It makes you kind of think ahead a little bit. Yeah, um, that shade thing is that's crazy that you can move out of the way, but you still get a hit. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Move it. Uh, have you ever played End of the Breach? End of the Breach. Uh, no. 
uh, it sounds like that where you're kind of like on a grid, like you're on a big grid and you can like push enemies around to move their like next attack over to just kind of avoid it. Um, yeah, it gives me that kind of vibe. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other way to avoid damage as a, uh, like or avoid leaving a shade is that you have an option to disengage, uh, kind of like how you would disengage in like d and D, for example, to not get an opportunity attack. Uh, you can disengage, but you can only do that if you're next to basically like any sort of object that might provide cover, sort of. So you would jump over like a table, for example, and then after that, you have one point of movement. Uh, instead of having your full range of movement. Uh, but you would not leave behind a shade if you were in an area that was about to be attacked. Okay. I, yeah. I like that idea. Yeah. So the combat was interesting. I mean, the game had like a weird narrative thing going on where uh, the tone wasn't very consistent. Like, I didn't know if I was supposed to be, uh, you know, sad or laugh at things or whatever. Like, the very first mission they put you on is one where they, uh, in the in the prior, like, mission description, they're like, the worst thing ever has happened. This little girl's mother has become an undead, and now she must be killed in front of her or whatever. Like, and it's like, oh, that's a very serious, sad moment. But, like the little girl doesn't seem phased. Like when it, whenever you finish the, the mission, um, the little girl doesn't, isn't like crying or anything. The little girl's like, wow, you cut that up. I bet my daddy could have done that. Oh, jeez. It's like, hey, wait, but you're, we just killed your mother in front of you. Like <laughs> more, multiple times because of the void energy. Like she died and then she came back and then she died again after trying to kill you. Maybe after the first or second death, her eyes just glazed over and I was like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the narrative was just like a little, like the tone was off. Like I didn't know how I was supposed to feel at any given moment. Um, but other than that, like, like I said, those mechanics made it kind of interesting. It was definitely one where I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't expecting that from this game. Yeah, the movement and shadow shades. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh, you can go. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next game is a game I've actually been excited for for like a while, maybe a year. I don't know. That's a Cult of the Lamb. It was a Devolver Digital published game, so it was on their like big show thingy whenever they showed all their new games. Uh, this is like a top-down, like rogue-like dungeon crawler. Uh, I guess Hades style game. Uh, but with the side of a cult simulator. <laughs> so you're just trying to like start your own cult and also do all this Hades stuff. And as you're doing all the Hades dungeon crawling stuff, you're picking up like uh, materials and new uh, followers for your cult and like kind of buffing that stuff. And by doing all the cult stuff, you're buffing all your like adventure dungeon crawling stuff. Uh, thematically, love this game. It's cool as hell looking love it uh I, I like the idea of just being a cult leader in this game and it's like got these cutesy animals but like they're you know praising you as a cult leader and you're like you got your like your statue of like blood running down in it's kind of like i don't know what type of that type of horror is called where it's like cult horror i don't know if it's like would be like uh necronomica style like like horror, a cult but, like occult 
the cult horror. Yeah, it's it's that where that type of horror doesn't bother as much because it's just like oh here's like grim like sigils on the ground and all big tentacles and that it's not like gore horror. It's it's kind of like making you think a little, I guess. Yeah, it's I, like Lovecraft. Love, Lovecraft. Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's like I, I've you know I've read a lot of dang Lovecraftian books that you think that would have been came first to me, but whatever. Um, yeah, I really like it. I recommend it. It's coming out on August 11th. So it'll be out soon. I think this is the only game that's actually that out of mine that has like an early release date. I haven't checked out, checked it out, but uh, as far as the dungeon crawling stuff, it feels pretty smooth. It did have like multiple bindings but it didn't let me rebind it to whatever i wanted uh, there were certain buttons that like whenever i play these style games that i like my dodge to be on and i couldn't bind it to that button and that kind of bothered me a little kind of messed me up um and then it had like the rogue like version of like oh here's this uh new ability you could pick up which will change like your make your primary weapon and your like little spell that you could cast that you build up by like hitting things uh you didn't get to do a lot of the cult simulator stuff it gave you the uh, like literally a demo of it be like okay here's your first cultist that you res rescued um convert them to your call you can change how they look and stuff and they have little passive stats stuff they'll prioritize and like you could have them go off and like dig or mine like a stone <laughs> the funny thing is is like you the player yourself you can dig that stuff yourself and you do it way faster because you're like yeah you got like these call demon energies whatever it is that like makes your character better at it like you just do it way faster um and then like you can build like a little uh like cooking area for for like the people and then you cook the food for them and that was like the limit of like the demo of it but like at least it's like trailers and screenshots for it it shows like that they have a lot more for it but for some reason there's just not a lot of it in the demo you only get to really check that stuff out once which is kind of goofy. I didn't. I, I kind of wanted to go back to it after I beat the initial boss, just to be like, experience it more, get a better opinion on it. But uh, this is definitely a game that I'm gonna like pre-order and buy. Yeah, I remember you saying you were looking forward to it. Um, did you play it with a controller? I uh, did. You say that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, would you recommend playing it with a controller? Uh, I think I can't remember if I did like Hades with a controller or other action roguelikes with them. Uh, I think. I think I did. Um, yeah, I'd recommend the controller because I think these types of games are a little more relaxing with the controller because like, whenever I play key mouse and keyboard with it, I feel a little more serious, like I'm trying to pay more attention. But like the buttons don't always flow right for me because like, I, I don't know. These, these like action-y games just feel better to me with the controller. I'd agree with that. Yeah, even though I have like one of those, you know, MMO mice that I can bind like 12 different things to the side of it. So... I yeah. shouldn't have button problems, but I do. Uh, but yeah, if you if you're thematically into this like occult stuff, uh, this is definitely for you. Uh, if you're not though, uh, maybe not a recommend. It's kind of it might be too spooky for you. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, that's that uncult plan. Yeah, that comes out in seven weeks. I I don't know why I thought August was further away. Time once like. Once you get old, time just flies. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, so I can talk about... So I did say earlier I had another like card-based RPG. Uh, this is it. It's uh, Four Tales is the name of the game. 
Uh, this one I actually liked better than Aces and Adventures. Uh, it's not like a one-to-one comparison necessarily. Uh, the way this game goes, uh, they kind of the demo is interesting, but it kind because a lot of it it does give you some tutorial where it's like here's how you do this and this, but a lot of it is just like do this, just see what you can do basically, because uh, you have uh three sets of cards in front of you, I guess Uh, your, your character cards in the middle. And then off to one side, you have your class cards, which are just based on whichever character you have. And they do specific kind of things. And then you have resource cards on the right. Um, And your goal through everything is just to get to the end of whatever you're doing. Uh, And the way you get to the end of that quest, there's like an overarching quest. That's like, uh, your end goal is to get through this area, basically like go like the very first thing they have you do is meet up with a, with a person who wants to give you a job, but you can't find them. So they're like, okay, well we have to go ask this uh, someone first. We have to ask around. And so to do that, you have to go into say like a merchant area or like a, like a tavern or something. Then a person shows up and is like, Hey, do this. Uh, I need, I need something like a beggar will be like, I need food. And so you're like, okay, well, I have to give them food, so I have to go find food. So you have whatever class cards you have that will give you a way to do that. When you hover over your class cards, you'll see information on the location cards light up. That'll say, you know, this card will get you this if you go here. Um, So you might be able to use a card that specifically says you can find food and if you use it on different locations, they give you different amounts of food. You might have like a wealthy mer- merchant person on one location and playing something on that will give you the most food. Then you can take that resource, go back to your quest giver. He gives you more information to advance the quest. Um, I don't know if that what I'm saying makes sense because that kind of sounds very broad when it, I'm it talking does. about it. it- it definitely does, but since I play games like Hand of Fate, it makes perfect sense to me. But the fact that it's broad is kind of the point because that's what I really liked about this game when I was playing it was it really does just kind of unleash you upon the cards and say, just figure it out uh, in a good way. Like, this is one where, like, it didn't have to give me much of a tutorial. The tutorial is just mousing over cards and seeing what things do. Um, there is combat in the game where you meet up with enemies, uh, but you don't have to fight them. There's a negotiation phase where they'll have morale on the side. Uh, and in order to negotiate with them, you kind of just mouse over any of your resources and you'll find that, oh, this character just wants like a gold. This character will go away if you give them three food, etc. Um, whenever you do that, uh, some of them go away. If you make enough of them go away and their morale is low enough at the end of it, then any other uh, things that are left will just leave. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. I like it, the idea that like, maybe your, your class is a little better at dealing with enemies by just talking to them or whatever. I, I like the idea that... Yeah. Um, see, I also like that too. And there's also an incentive to doing stuff like that because sometimes you'll meet up with, like, for example, a guard... And you don't want to fight the guard because then you got the law on your tail. You actually will, if you kill uh, certain people, uh, incur like a a search party. 
So there will be a separate deck that gets created of enemies that you gather over time. And then whenever you get certain locations, it will spawn enemies from that deck. So it'll cause you more problems if you have to do things with violence a lot of times. Wow. Uh, also, just breaking other laws can uh, do that, too. If you steal from a merchant uh, and they catch you, uh, I'm not sure how they decide if they catch you or not. I think it's like an internal role of some sort. Um, but if they catch you, that also adds people to the search party. Oh, um, I just looked at the Steam page for this. This stylistically looks really nice. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how it played. Like, I definitely didn't expect to... There, there's some of these games where I'm like, oh, that's a little interesting based on a description, but I'm not always like expecting great things, you know, like it's you're just trying games. And that's what I was doing. And that one was one where I was actually surprised at how well it played. Yeah, like some games will promise you the world, but they don't really uh, deliver. But this one seems to deliver on what it's promising. Yeah, I, I'd say so. It's definitely worth looking into. Yeah, based on your description, I just like download the demo. Probably going to try this later. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, give it a try. Do you have uh, Do you have any more? Yes, I have uh, one more game. This is another one that I could have played the demo a long time ago, but I waited till the next fest to do it. It was it's Nine Souls. Um, this game was darker than I thought it was too. Uh, this is a side-scrolling like two D action platformer, uh, with some like, uh. Metroidvania, I guess, to it. It might not be a complete and total Metroidvania, but it's got like that exploring where like you're kind of going uh, side by side and platforming and stuff like you would in like a Metroid or a Castlevania. But I don't know if it actually has those elements based on the demo. But the main thing that it's inspired off of, and it even says this in the page, is Sekiro. And if that tells you anything, it's kind of be hard. <laughs> so. It's got the whole like you got like your normal auto attacks and your little auto attack com auto attack but like your normal attack combo, but you also have a parry and that parry can either be like partially parried or uh, full on parried for like no damage and then you have like a counter attack where you throw like a like a Buddhist or Taoist like uh, sigil on them like you dash through them and they you, you hold it down and they explode and it's really brutal on how hard it can be not not like normal normal enemies weren't that hard. But like some of the, the main like extra boss that they added to the game, that that one was that boss just for me became, uh, you don't you're not gonna attack, you're just gonna parry and use your little sigil explosion, and that's what the whole boss became. And doing it perfectly mattered because like that boss could like two or three shot me. <laughs> uh, I really like this game. You're like a little cat person. Um, they're really cool. Uh, the the way that they drew drew like everything looks like it's hand drawn. Uh, I, I love the style of it. It's, it's kind of how like I would probably draw it if I would do it. <laughs> I love it. I really like the idea of uh, the throwing the sigil and then like dashing through them. Like that sounds yeah, like can... the only thing that would make it cooler is if it like had a pause before the explosion and you like sheathe your sword and then I. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, like you could parry and you don't. You could just parry and it actually just gives you a charge of the sigil. But oh. you can also just build up the charges, and you can just do the dash. You, you have a normal dash. It's just like a, a, a dash that you always have, like on, a, I think, a small internal cooldown. But you could also just always just do the the, the little sigil like uh, thingy all the time, as long as you have charges of it, which you get from parrying, which is pretty cool. But on bosses, it felt like I was just 
parry deck, parry counter, parry counter all the time. But you could build it up if you'd like. Uh, another mechanic that it had, and most people probably wouldn't notice this mechanic, but I'm fairly good at just understanding mechanics myself. Uh, it has the Bloodborne mechanic where if you lose health, your health bar starts to the health the health you've lost is just slowly going away. So if you took like a fourth of your bar, it would be kind of grayed out and slowly deteriorating. But if you attack back, just like normal attack, uh, you can gain a portion of that back as long as you're kind of aggressive with how fast you recovered. Um, it has that mechanic in it too. Uh, I will say the little parry explosion sigil thingy does not recover that health. Okay. So it kind of rewards aggressiveness, which was the whole idea of how like Bloodborne differentiated itself from Dark Souls, where Bloodborne was like, hey, if you get hit, uh, hit them back now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, this game's really cool. I would say if you look at the store page real quick, um, stylistically, love it. Very cool. Uh, it was kind of dark with some of the theming uh, of it, where like you're, you're trying, there's like these little humans that are being sacrificed off to like these... Uh, quote-unquote like gods which i think were also like cat people and like how they did it was like their heads got like twisted off and then like the bodies were being like harvested like it was way darker than i thought like that stuff was cruel almost um but outside of that yeah it is very cool that does look cool i'm looking at it now yeah i like the style there like i love the way they do like trees that that that's just stylistically nice Uh, this game <laughs> doesn't come out till next year in quarter two. So quarter two would be like this time. No, a little bit it'll before be, this time. It'll be like March to June, somewhere in that yeah. area. And 2023. But like this game felt really polished. It even had like a skill tree. Uh, the skill tree worked like a Dark Souls skill tree where like if you die, you lose those little your build up of experience but it did have a separate currency so it wasn't completely like dark souls where uh your experience and your money is all in one but it was there <laughs> oh that's cool it sounds like they're taking their time on it um i imagine that they just have like the the bones down for how the mechanics play out and stuff and they're probably just working on the rest of the story and finishing yeah, I, the game I, after that for sure i will say the bones that they had down for the demo feel quite meaty and nice it feels good to parry and dodge. It's very nice. It feels like if they just released this, its current iteration, and just, you know, it was like lengthy or whatever, had like a few hours into it, it would still be a very good game. Nice. Uh, but yeah, it's great to see that they're, we're really working on it and stuff. Um, I don't know what else I can say to praise this game. It, <laughs> it's good. I would definitely say try the demo of it. It's, it's nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, the demo is still available. Yeah, a lot of these next demos are still available right now because I think they might be even the ones that were downloadable prior to Next Fest that are still available. But I'm not sure on that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I would say like if you played also like played like Dead Cells, this is very similar to that. Less roguelike though, just execution wise feels very similar. Okay. Well, you said that was your last game, right? Correct. Okay, I have two more games. Uh, the last game doesn't matter, but I'm going to talk about it anyways. Uh, but let's go over the first of the two. Uh, that kind of matters. Uh, I played a game called Frozen Flame. Uh, I didn't know what I was expecting going into this uh, because I have a very different method of picking games from you, I think. Um, 
but the very first thing I saw was there was a tag that said MMORPG. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Um, I saw this one. I, I clicked on it. I did not download it, but I definitely clicked on it. Turns out tag was a lie. It's not an MMO. Um, or I guess it's not in the MMO in the way that MMOs are supposed to be MMOs. I think we've talked about this before where like the, the definition of MMO is apparently uh, changed in the past, like 10 years or so, I'd say. Yeah. Like what the, 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 so an MMO means massively multiplayer online. And a lot of MMOs these days are kind of getting rid of the massive portion and they're just multiplayer games where you could play with more people. Is that how this is? Yeah, uh, pretty much. So it is a third person ARPG. Um, it has crafting as sort of a focus in it. Um, you can build a base and stuff like other games like Valheim, for example. You can group up with people. There is a sort of overarching main quest line. Uh, you get a little bit of that main quest line uh, as you start out in the demo. Uh, and they let you play around with the crafting and stuff. Uh, I didn't get through all the demo quest line because some of it was just kind of farming stuff. Um, it has good bones. That's what that's what I think is important here. Um, the combat was fine. I'm at there will be more to the combat as you go, because you can see uh, in the game there are skill trees. Uh, so it looks like you have like three different places to go. You can go like a more of a warrior vibe, a rogue vibe and a like mage vibe is what I saw. Um, so aside from that, it has building like base building and stuff like that, as well as just crafting your items and stuff. The base building has the, um, I don't know what you would call it, but like stress based building where houses have like the, the diff different parts of the houses have stress related to them where you have to like support them with beams and stuff. Oh, it's like Valheim. Yeah. So it's like Valheim. Um, so, I mean, some people like that kind of thing because it makes you think about your base building more. Yeah, how you do it. I, I would say, like, when our friend did, like, Valheim, he, he spent hours on just stress testing his building properly and just doing it right. Yeah, if you like bridge building, you probably like that kind of building. It's cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, I didn't get through as much as I could have in the demo, but I did take note of the game because it did feel like it could be a good game later on as it goes. Um, obviously, you don't get much in the demo anyways, so that you just kind of get the beginnings of the game and how the how it functions. And uh, it felt fine. Like, I would say that if it's a complete game when it's released, then I would almost say it's probably going to be better than Valheim, honestly, just because Valheim, Valheim was a game where we kind of enjoyed it, but I feel like it didn't necessary like it just got kind of stale yeah the developers just i think they were they had they were ready to like do stuff with it but then they just didn't do stuff fast enough so it fell off yeah um i was just i'm on the store page and this definitely looks like a game that we would probably try to play as a group with our friends yeah that's um, what i was gonna say I don't know why that massively multiplayer tag is there. Like it says similar to games you played V rising Terraria. I'm like what you described. sounds like those games, like just a co-op game that you invite your friends to play with you. Um, yeah. I don't know why that tag is there. I don't know why either it tricked me, but it's fine because the game was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all so I have to say about that. It has potential. Yeah. It says it comes out in fall. So this might be a game that we end up 
actually playing and covering whenever it's fully released. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I have one more game to talk about. Like I said, it doesn't matter. But I don't know if this happens to you, Beck. Sometimes I end up uh, getting tricked or like otherwise uh, into a game that is not localized in English. Uh, uh, yeah, this has happened. Yes. So that happened to me. That happened to me last time we uh, did Next Fest, and it happened to me this time. There's a game called Depersonalization. A really weird game. Uh, it opens up by giving you the definition of depersonalization as a mental disorder. Um, yeah, I, I clicked on this game too because it had cool anime girls on it. <laughs> yeah, it's a lie. Um, the game is actually like sort of a detective game where you play as a time traveler, but like a quantum leap style tra- time traveler. Um, if you're familiar with quantum leap, uh, the yes. idea is that you, uh, whenever you time travel, you go into the body of an existing person. Um, that being you said, you old, trying to recover quantum leap. I did watch this as a child. It's, it's, it's not a new show. <laughs> no. Um, so it was, uh, like you, you get to make a character that is in that timeline and then quantum leap into it. Uh, it opens up, the game opens up outside of that definition it gives you. It opens up with you talking to a person and that person's name is yogg I don't know why. I, I do not know why that person's name is yogg um, well, I mean, to be fair, in, in the little, I'm looking at the store page, the description it says, run, exclamation point, dice, exclamation point, Cthulhu, exclamation point, bad end, exclamation point, multi-branch, exclamation point, <laughs> exclamation point. So, you should have been ready for that Cthulhu-esque name. <laughs> yeah, you didn't get much Cthulhu, specifically. You didn't get much, like, uh, Lovecraftian stuff from the gameplay. You had the first mission, like, you did end up in, like, a church that was actually kind of like a cultist place, but they didn't bring up Lovecraft stuff. They just like talked about the Holy spirit, uh, which was weird. Um, the game had no voice acting, but it had like a screen reader going, uh, which was really weird. So it would play like a computer voice that was like vaguely male or female, depending on who was talking. Um, yeah, it took you through the the tour of the like main hub area, which is where you make your character that you're gonna quantum leap into, uh, and like look at other stuff. I guess there really wasn't much to do there. And then off to the side, I don't remember the character's name, but there was just a person playing video games, uh, and you even asked like, "What's up with them?" And it's hard to understand because it's not localized well in English, so like the translations are kind of poor. Um. They said something along the lines of, yeah, we let her stay there so that she doesn't do other stuff. I don't, it was such a weird, <laughs> the whole thing was just weird. Um, it looks like this is a Chinese game. I do not know how the gameplay worked because a lot of it was dice rolls, but the dice rolls weren't well explained on how they work. Uh, it looks like the higher numbers are bad. So like, you would have like what looked like a DC, like a, like a thing that you had to beat uh, yeah. during the rolls. But like, if you went above that, you lost the role. Uh, from what I could tell. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I it was it. weird. Yeah, and I seen one of the pictures that shows like a little check for like a, a medicine check. 
Yeah. I don't know what's going on. It, I, I don't know. But it also has another image where it looks like an RPG fight, like a turn-based battle. Oh, I had a note. Um, yeah. This note kind of sums up how I felt. Uh, it says, Occultist called me a pussy in a robot voice for not gambling. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> that's that's That sums it up. That sums up my experience. Did you do like a turn-based RPG fight? Yes, I did one. How was that? I did psychology on him and made him run. This game is going on my wish list. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> That was, I, I get into those things sometimes where I just, how did I get here? Yeah. I mean, uh, to be fair, I clicked on this game because I saw like an anime girl and I was like, oh, it's like all pixely and cool looking, but I didn't uh, jump in like you did. Yeah. I jumped in for you. Uh, yeah. That's all I got. <laughs> uh, that yeah, was all our next fest games. Yeah. The, I would say this next fest was fun. I just like, the last one where you know we found games to play and there's definitely stuff we recommend so there was a lot out there yeah i don't think we have time for news i imagine this is just going to be how we do next fest in the future i assume there's just going to be a one every like i'm assuming there's going to be another couple for the year uh yeah, based like on how it's going quarterly almost or every half year or something yeah so um I think this is just what we're going to do for next fest probably is just every time there's an next fest, just have like an episode dedicated to those. Cause I like, like you said, I like doing, um, looking into some of the indie games and seeing what they got. Yes. Yes, for sure. It's one of my favorite things to do is to play a game and just kind of review it and say how it's going and maybe put a spotlight on it. Cause these are indie games and sometimes they just don't get covered. Yeah. Um, let's close out by just going over a couple of upcoming games real quick and then we can head out because it's already, uh, running pretty long on the episode here. Oh, dang. Yeah. Uh, so real quick, we've got Sonic Origins coming up on June 23rd. This is literally just Sonic's one through three, uh, with a few extra bonus levels and stuff like that. Um, so if you're a Sonic fan, go for that. Uh, we have Fire Emblem's uh, Fire Emblem Three Hopes that's coming out June twenty fourth. Uh, that is the Fire Emblem Musou game. Um, seeing some like interesting feedback, there was one person that was literally like, "Oh, if you like Musou games, pick this up. If you don't, then you shouldn't pick it up." And it's like, "Yeah, oh, that makes you sense." Play it? You think you'll play it because it's a Fire Emblem game? I will not. Um, because I don't even think I finished Fire Emblem Three War Three Houses. That's the name of it. I didn't finish that one. Uh, and Musou games are fun. I'm not like super into them, so I don't think I want to pay sixty bucks for it or oh, fifty, however much it costs. Uh, I agree. <laughs> uh, last game here I've got is DNF Duel. Uh, it's coming out June twenty eighth. This is a two point five D Arxis fighter game. That is based off of Dungeon Fighter Online or Dungeon and Fighter Online, depending on what language you're speaking. Um, I didn't play that game. The uh, DNF Duel looks kind of fun, but I mean, it's hard for those types of games to not be fun. Like it looks like just Guilty Gear with different characters to me. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be fine. I'd play that. Yeah, for sure. I, I did play Dungeon Fighter for a short amount of time and I thought 
played fun at the very least. I didn't play it long enough, but that's still an ongoing uh, game. So yeah, it's still on Steam. Yeah, I, I don't know what to say on it. So hopefully, <laughs> since this one's an, I don't think Normal Dungeon Fighter is an Arxies game. Uh, no, but that says a lot, lot for it being one. I will say that. Yeah, Arxis, uh comes in to make some good games, so you usually count on it being a good game whenever you see their name on it. Yeah, some level of quality at the very least. Those are those are the only games I got um, for what's coming up in the next week or so. I think with that we can uh, we can head out now. It's been a it's been a while for us talking. Oh really? I didn't even it didn't feel like long to me. Like that's I guess that's how I feel when I'm talking about just games games like we've played. Yeah, it's it's fun to go over these games. I had a good time uh, playing them, and it's definitely fun to get what we know about them out. Because uh, you get a mixed bag. You get you get some good games, you get some okay games, and then you get depersonalization. <laughs> Where does that one fall? <laughs> I do not know. I'm still processing, honestly. <laughs> All right, then. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, we will be back next week. Yeah, we'll cover some uh, normal gaming news this time. Right? Yeah, we can talk about the news. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, and bye-bye now. Later.